Reverend Rosin. Today we're getting to part three. It's the final part of the We Got This Brother message where we've been talking about intercessory prayer and what we could do on behalf of others with that. And uh, Rick and I had a great time recording that. I hope it's been blessing you. I uh, want to encourage you to get to a good Bible-believing church. Get somewhere where they teach you the Word, and uh, the Word is what edifies you, builds you up, and gives you that strength, especially in times like um, what we're in now. But anyway, sit back, uh, enjoy the message. God bless you. I hope it blesses you. I know it will bless you. I'm going to be quiet and let you enjoy it. Have a great day. And our uh, next example is Moses. Um, when he was on the mountain uh, spending 40 days with God, and then Israel created the golden calf. Oh, yeah. And they started worshiping the calf as their God. Right. Giving credit to the calf for their deliverance from mm-hmm. Egypt. And um, in Exodus chapter 32, verse 10, it says, Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. So God is is hotly angry. Right. Because, you know. He did all these wonderful miracles for him. That's right. And 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 they're giving credit to a man-made, you know, yeah. lifeless, yeah. can't even talk or move, idol, you know. And so he was going to destroy the entire nation of Israel except for Moses and start all over. Well, I mean, hundreds of years are praying, you know, deliver from bondage, you know, take us out of slavery, you know. Then mm-hmm. they do all this, and he parts the reds. I mean, he, he does all these wonderful things for them. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's it's funny how as, as human beings, as people, when we take our eyes off Jesus, it's like a rubber band. It snaps right back to ourselves. If we're not looking at God, we look inward. It just it's just the way it works that so we will start creating whatever we want to see and and nine times out of ten it has something to do with our standards of what we think is valuable and that's why these calves were made out of gold and so on and so forth it just amazes me and that's in everything in life if we will if you are I've seen backslidden Christians happen time and time and time again when they stop their daily devotion when they stop meditating in the word when they stop pursuing God all of a sudden it's like a rubber band it is a a quick snap and comes right back and they get self-centered and self-focused again. And all of a sudden, everything that they start doing is for their own pleasures and desires, just like this. That's all this was about for that golden calf as well. Yeah, and a lot of times in human nature, um, you know, we want to define God. Right. And like you were saying, according to what we think is good. Yeah. Um, but we need to submit to the word of God. Yeah. The word of God, you know, God defined who he was to us through his word. Right. But a lot of times people say, well, I don't really see God that way. Yeah. I don't really see him as a, a God that will send anyone to hell. Right. You know, I don't really see him as a God that will get mad at me if I live such and such a way. Yeah. Um, well, you're creating your own version of God. And, and in essence, you've created your own golden calf that you're worshiping. Yeah. And it's idol worship. Yeah. And I've also heard the, the argument, well, I can't worship a God that would, you know, send people to hell. I can't worship a God who says he's all love but would allow this to, you know, happen. And, and it, it offshifts the responsibility is what it does. Uh, and and mm-hmm. folks, I'm going I'm to ruffle some feathers here. It's a coward's excuse. It takes no personal responsibility upon yourself. If what you're saying is, I can't worship a God who says that for if you do A, you get B. 
And if you do C, you get D. If you live this way, this is the results. And if you live this way, this is the results. If you can't respect that enough to say I could do whatever I want and I ought to get good, you are a spoiled brat. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth of it. And it's a coward's way of looking at things. And that's an excuse to not have any personal responsibility or morals or any type of uh, moral compass to be able to how to live your life, mm. I believe. Yeah, and I always get a kick out of uh, people that think they're more righteous than God. Yeah, and absolutely. that they can judge God. And you know, I guess it's okay if you don't understand something to question it. Sure. But to I guess do it from a disgusted, judgmental point of view. Right. I, I just find that dangerous ground to walk on when you're when you're taking that attitude with God. Yeah. But so uh, so Moses. Uh, responded uh, to God's, as we read in this verse, um, chapter 32, verse 10, Moses responded to God's anger by interceding on behalf of Israel. Right. You know, he didn't say, okay, God, go for it. You know, I'll just stand over here while you do that. Right. You know, he said, well, Lord, if you wipe them out, you know, wipe me out too. Yeah. And What a statement. Yeah. And he also said, you know, Lord, if you do that, then... The Egyptians are simply going to say that you brought them out of the desert and killed them because you weren't capable of seeing this whole thing through. You weren't capable of sustaining your your people. You weren't capable of taking care of them. And and so you're going to give your enemies occasion to blaspheme you. Mm -hmm. And then he said, you know, and if you choose to do this, then just wipe me out with them. And um, so, you know, God listened to Moses. Right. And it says he changed his mind. God was merciful, listened to him, loving, and said, "Okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll grant your request." Right. So there's another example of where we, you know, somebody interceded on behalf of others um, that were engaging in sin. Um, another example is the early Christians. Um, you know, we've been in the Old Testament so far, but well, here's one. Uh, here's an example that doesn't involve being on praying on behalf of uh, sinners, but it. it involves praying on behalf of uh, a minister. Uh, this one's in the book of Acts, and Herod had uh, executed James, and it pleased the Jews a lot. So Herod wanted wanted to improve his um, popularity with the Jews, so he had Peter arrested. And uh, it turned out that he got arrested during the Passover. So Herod just kept him in prison, and he was going to hold a trial after the Passover. And well, during that Passover time, the Christians in Jerusalem were praying earnestly on Peter's behalf. That's right. And see, that's the difference because the scriptures don't say that anyone was praying on James's behalf and he got executed. But they're praying on Peter's behalf. And then the night before he was supposed to stand trial, an angel shows up at the prison, mm-hmm. opens all the doors unlocks all the chains and brings them out. Right. And Peter walks to the house where there, a lot of them are congregated and praying. And then when the servant girl says, hey, Peter's here, yeah. they didn't believe him. They thought it was a ghost. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> which I find interesting because God answers their prayer and they're know, like, right? no way, no way. <laughs> well, that's actually, that's a good thing because that shows an example of 
the human part of that, right? Because we do that. We pray, and then we're sometimes shocked that, that right. our prayer gets answered, right? right. <laughs> yeah, and, and that you know that's another demonstration of the mercy of God. Because how can you say you were not doubting in your heart right. when you get the answer and you disbelieve it? <laughs> right. But I will say it does build faith when that happens, right. doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. That's right. It sure does. Yeah. Um, so here's an example of where there was no intercessory prayer. Uh, James died. Where there was intercessory prayer, Peter was saved. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if you don't think intercessory prayer or you can have a great impact on somebody's life, uh, I think all these examples are telling you otherwise. Yeah, I agree. You know, you you may not have any renown at all, according to this world. Mm -hmm. You know, you may not have great talents or anything, but Mm -hmm. you can pray and intercede on people's behalf. That's right. And have a significant impact. And I would encourage you that uh, you may not always know the outcome either, uh, but that doesn't mean don't stop, you know, or, or don't don't keep going. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Keep praying. Yeah. Uh, because somebody may not share with you something that happened in their life. I mean, normally our, our lives are pretty private, but uh, just because uh, you're praying for and you don't hear doesn't mean that it didn't get answered either. Mm-hmm. I, I would encourage you to keep going. Yeah, and, and um this just came to my mind. Brother Billy had said a while back that uh, while he was working on his farm, uh, God impressed him to pray for the Muslim imams. I guess that's yeah. their version of a pastor. I think so. Um, so he did that. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing elaborate. Just, you know, kind of said, Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. Open right. their eyes. You know, whatever. And uh, he didn't feel like he was the only one. He kind of felt like God called him along with a lot of other people to do this. Right. And so then he said after two or three years, he, he started reading about um, these imams converting to Christianity, mm-hmm. getting saved. Um, so there's an example of intercessory prayer that had a great significant impact. But Brother Billy never met any of them right. in person. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then our final example, um, this is probably my favorite one. Um, it's Jesus when he prayed on behalf of those Roman soldiers. Yeah. So just imagine, um, you know, here is uh, God, and he is tortured. You know, he's whipped to where his back is just shredded, hamburger. You know, he's bleeding everywhere. Um, He's being mocked and beat up. Spit on. Spit on. You know, and here's the thing is the wages of sin is death. Jesus had no sin. So no matter what they did to him, they couldn't kill him. Right. You know, the only reason he died was because he took on the sin of the world. Well, he said he gave it up. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't take it. He he gave it up. Mm-hmm. No. And so no matter what they did to him, yeah, he they couldn't kill him. So here he is feeling all this pain mm-hmm. and suffering at the hands of the very people that he's soon going to liberate or give them the opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, to be liberated from sin. That's right. And, you know, it carries this big, heavy wooden beam. Couple miles to the, uh, you know, Golgotha, and the squad of Roman soldiers there. You know, for all they knew, he was just a common criminal. Right. You know, ex, you know, uh, sentenced to death. And so, you know, they're laying him down on the crossbeam, and they drove the spike through his wrist, mm-hmm. and probably had to pull his other arm to reach the hole. You know, because these weren't designer crossbeams. Right. You know, it kind of like one size fits all, right. if you fit or not. 
Yeah. You know, so they probably pulled his other arm out of the socket mm -hmm. to position it to where they could put the other spike in. So not only is he hanging there suffering from crucifixion, which is a very painful way to die, he's got that pain probably of a dislocated shoulder, too, adding to it. And after all that's done to him, what does he do? He looks down on those soldiers that are just operating in ignorance, not knowing any better. They didn't know he was God. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, he didn't want them because you know, Judas knew who Jesus was right. and scripture tells us, you know, he's the son of perdition better. He had never been born. Right. So we know, you know, something bad happened with Judas because it would have been better if he'd never been born. The Pharisees knew who he was, you know, they put him to death because he threatened their power. Right. Um, but those, those common soldiers had no idea who he was. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, can you imagine if, if, they realized they were crucifying God. Mm -hmm. I bet you every one of them to a man would have said, no way, right. you know, you know, uh, behead me, do whatever for dereliction of duty. I'm not doing this. Right. And, and, you know, just looking down upon him as, uh, pawns being used in a sinister game. Mm -hmm. You know, he just had compassion for him and said, father, forgive them. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're doing. Right. And and I just find that uh, probably the greatest example of love and mercy and intercessory prayer in the whole Bible. Absolutely. Well, who better to get it from than Jesus himself? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly right. And it kind of speaks to us, too, where he says, you know, not only love your neighbor, but love your enemy. Yeah. Pray for your enemy. That's right. You know, uh, and there's an example of it right here. Yep. You know? That's right. Because a lot of times, you know, you might have somebody that chooses to be your enemy in life, but... You know, how much of that is because they're walking in ignorance and they just really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they were told that Jesus was a wicked or they were told that Jesus was a common criminal sentenced to death. Yeah. Um, you know, so if if that could happen to the master, why would we, should we be surprised if, you know, the the um, gossipers at work tell wrong things about us mm -hmm. and then people do bad things to us out of ignorance? Mm -hmm. You know, thinking that they're being just, you know, justified because he, well, he's a bad person. He deserves to be treated that way. That's why you got to watch things so closely. Uh, you know, I see the media doing this now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, the, the influence the masses right. um, by what they portray to be the truth. Um, and, of course, they didn't have the media like we did now. But it's the same thing. It's the word of mouth. It's how they portrayed it. It's what the, you know, they they, they depicted Jesus as. Mm -hmm. um and uh, we live in a world now where um, get ready because mm -hmm. uh, as Christians, we we are, we're we're about to see, I believe, uh, a turn uh, from where we've been kind of, and, and at least here in the United States, we've been persecuted as Christians all over the world for a long time. But we've had the luxury of living in a country that was founded upon God and Christian values. Uh, here it was. Uh, inalienable rights we had as our bill of rights that we were created uh, with certain freedoms and, and liberties. But I believe that here in the U.S. we're going to see a time here quickly approaching that no longer will Christians be looked at as the same light. That I think that we're going to be looking at, at a change and shift of how we're viewed. And I think we're about to see some persecutions come to us here in the United States. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But uh, 
I think we are. Yeah. And like you said, the the masses you know are being deceived. That's right. So if these you know these young kids have been taught a certain curriculum, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of that was anti-American or you know America's history is bad and you sure. shouldn't be proud to be American. So if any of them lash out against you, you know, be like Jesus on the cross, mm-hmm. intercede on their behalf, right? Because they're they're just operating in ignorance. They're That's being right. used as pawns in a more sinister game. Yeah, we intercede and then we try to educate. Uh, you know, and what better way to do that than through love? Um, yeah, and really, when somebody's uh, sold out to a belief, the you know you can share the truth with them, but without the Holy Spirit yeah. enlightening them, that's right. You know, they're they're not going to listen to me because I I could share all the truth in the world, but they're right. not going to listen to me. It takes the Holy Spirit enlightening them in their in their heart, yeah, for them to 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 see. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, you know, we don't save anybody. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, brings that conviction upon them. We we have the opportunity. We speak the word so that they can understand that. But the Holy Spirit is the one that makes that conviction happen. Mm-hmm. Amen. But um, but those two happen hand in hand. We we got to pray for them. We got to love them. We got to speak to them. And then uh, we still got to hold true to to the Bible at the same time. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yep. So uh, just want to encourage you all that uh, intercessory prayer is something that any Christian can do. That's right. And so you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have been part of a church for 10 years before you're authorized to pray on behalf of others. Right. This is something you can do now every day and have a great impact on your your family, your friends, your neighbors, your enemies, Mm -hmm. the country. Right. God's kingdom. So I just want to encourage everyone that's listening to try to develop that habit of praying on behalf of others, interceding on behalf of others. Every day. Absolutely. I'd say there's probably no greater prayer than that of a grandmother praying for his grand, for her grandchildren. I mean, that's, a, you know, yep. that's the power of that. So, Rick, I agree with you 100%. And, folks, I hope you took this to heart today and I uh, hope you, you put this into practice uh, every day as you're walking through praying for others, those that you come in contact with and those that you don't, just those that come into your mind. The Holy Spirit brings somebody to, uh, to remembrance or a group of people, whoever it may be, you know, pray for them. Because we're praying for you as well. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage everybody uh, with everything that's going on this crazy year in the world, just keep your eyes on Jesus and prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. Amen.